holy word. So, Lord, would enable us this evening, we might consider together uh, verse 10, where we read, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. It would appear that the psalmist was a great distance from the tabernacle, from the place of worship. Um, he speaks of passing through the veil of Baker. It may be that he is somewhere in the wilderness. It's evident then that he is far away from the central place of worship at the temple uh, or tabernacle of God. And he is missing it. His longing is to join in that worship. Well, we know what it's like to be deprived of public worship. And God's people miss it when, for whatever reason, they are unable to gather in the public worship of God. And you'll notice the psalmist was expressing such longings, aware of the fact that he was missing out, in a sense, on the blessings of being there. But it wasn't just because of the gatherings. You can imagine the buzz that there was in Jerusalem at the time of the stated feasts. Indeed, you can imagine the buzz there was every day, and especially every Sabbath day in Jerusalem, when there was the opportunity to gather in the worship of God. But it wasn't just seeing other people, meeting friends, meeting family. The thing which he longed for most was fellowship with God. And that's what comes out of the psalm. This ardent desire for fellowship with God. Yes, he knows that on one level he can meet with God anywhere. God is to be worshipped in private and in our families. And we do worship him in private. And we do worship him in our families. But we know there's a special blessing connected with the public worship of God, as the psalmist uh, could see in Psalm 87, that God loves the gates of Zion more than all the tents of Judah. There is that promise, as Jesus put it, where the two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Whenever we begin to worship, we must remember the Lord has promised to be in our midst. We don't just gather with one another. So he was desiring these things. Aware, yes, he could be refreshed as he was in private, as it were, passing through trials and difficulties in the veil of Baker as he sought the Lord. Well, that's the way we are, surely. But what he was longing for in these preparations or in his attendance in the public worship was to meet with God. And friends, surely that's what you desire at this time. Whenever you gather here for worship, if you're a true believer, surely your desire is to meet with God 
and to experience his presence and blessing. And especially when you think of a communion Sabbath, is it not your desire to see the one whom your soul loves? Let's consider our text as I notice two things. The desire for fellowship with God, and secondly, the blessing of fellowship with God. And that will bring in verse 11 as well. First of all, the desire for fellowship with God. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. What is that telling us? It's telling us the psalmist longed for fellowship with God. To meet, to be in thy courts, to be in a keeper in the house of my God, is speaking of fellowship with God. And when you think of it, Immediately, we must recognize that to have a true desire for fellowship with God is something which, because of the fall, is no longer the natural disposition of men. Adam, when he was created, was created to know God. He longed to meet with God as the Lord drawn, drew near in the cool of the day. There were times of special, closer fellowship with him. Well, what happened when Adam fell into sin? You find that rather than drawing near to God, as he draws near to him, he runs and hides, and he has to be summoned. Adam, where art thou? He is fearful. He counts God as an enemy. He no longer has that fellowship that he once had because there's that sense of sin and there is that, um, uh, there has become this uh, false view of God which has filled his soul through his own corruption. And left to that, he would have gone on running away from God. Indeed, Romans chapter 1 describes the natural man. He doesn't want to retain the knowledge of God in his mind. Why is it we live in an age obsessed with entertainment, our money, pleasures, or trying to um, get promotion and uh, fulfill their own ambitions in life? Why is it people are so obsessed with these sort of things and not with the things of God? Is it not simply because of this? The natural man does not like the idea of fellowship with God. He will go so far in religion as long as it keeps God at a distance or makes a God of his own reckoning rather than in meeting with the true God of the Scriptures. And so you find him failing to retain God in his mind and giving himself over to all sorts of things. There isn't really a desire for fellowship 
with God in the heart of the natural man. But the believer, the person who has been renewed by the Spirit of God, who has come to faith in Christ, he is one who will say, a day in thy courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in tents of sin. Notice the psalmist, he has a fervent desire to meet with God. He's, he speaks of his soul longing, even fainting, for the courts of the Lord. He finds that how he, is, he, is, he feels as if his life is ebbing away if he does not meet with God. Friend, can you not say, since better is thy love than life, um, um, that, that our soul seeks after him. So he's crying out and he's longing that he might draw near. And you'll notice in verse, verse, uh, verses 3 and 4, there is, as it were, a, a holy jealousy of the, of the birds. He's thinking of how the birds could so easily find a lodging and a nest in the tabernacle. And here he is far away. Oh, to be like them. How easily they can be there. They remain there. They bring up their young there. That's what I want. That ongoing fellowship with him. And he's saying, if I was even on the threshold to be a doorkeeper in the house of God, what a privilege. Oh, to meet with God and to see something of his grace in the gospel, that will satisfy my soul. Other things, well, I can take them or leave them. But that's the one thing I really long for. Well, isn't it true that sometimes we can lose sight of these things? We get taken up with the busyness of life. We get taken up with other things and our fervor for the things of God can grow cold, we can become very formal, we go through the routine. Don't you find yourself having to reproach yourself, saying, well, how I, I should have more liveliness. And sometimes the Lord will withdraw that sense of his presence and chasten us till we, till we value what it means to be in his presence. Friends, let us Seek to stir up that longing. Let us stop and consider the blessing of fellowship with him. Samus has been doing that. It's not just a case of, well, it's another Sabbath day, it's another communion season. We get back into the routine. No, there's a longing here. Let us seek to have such a longing. And you'll notice this desire, there's fervor, because it has been a thoughtful desire. The psalmist has evaluated things. He says, a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. 
He's been thinking of things. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. So it says we stop and think of the blessing of what it means to have fellowship with God. It stirs up a longing for more of that fellowship. It is better. It reminds us of Paul in Philippians, where he can say, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He stops and thinks of these things. And he thinks, well, yes, I'm living for Christ now, but the blessing of heaven, that will be better. And so it is, as we think of the blessing of fellowship with God, we will say, how amiable are thy tabernacles. This excels all other things. This is incomparable. And, well, you could think of, if you were given a position, even the most menial position, say in the royal household, you only get a glimpse into the throne room. Well, you might feel very privileged. You might not get to know the king very well. You get a little glimpse. And it's more than what many people have. But a privilege to get a glimpse of God and his grace as the God of salvation. I would rather be a doorkeeper than dwell in the tents of sin. Where would you rather be tonight? Or to be amongst God's people? To be amongst God's worshipping people? And to be considering the grace of God and the gospel? Sin, it might give me some comforts. And yes, for a while it did give me some comforts, but they didn't last. They weren't real. To dwell in the tents of wickedness, well, that might seem better to have a dwelling than just to be a doorkeeper, but no. The doorkeeper is the best thing if it's with the Lord. To be with the Lord is to be blessed indeed. Sometimes we allow ourselves, don't we, to get taken up with other things. And we might grow a bit cold and dry. Now we refocus upon the Lord. We think, why did I waste such time and energy on these things which will profit? Why did I not spend more time in fellowship with the Lord? Here he is thinking, I desire to meet with God. The God who has saved me by his grace. And it's as we separate from sin that we find those desires being fulfilled. Isn't it true that this is a holy desire? If we really desire fellowship with God, then it will lead us to part with all 
that will keep us from fellowship. To be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the, the tents of, of wickedness. We read in 1 John 1 of how God's people have fellowship with the Father and with the Son, and yet we must walk in the light as he is in the light. We don't experience his blessing. When we go on and sin, we know that it offends the Lord, he withdraws. When we become conscious of sin until we confess that sin and seek the cleansing of that sin, then we ourselves are slow to draw near. But you see, here's a psalmist. And he is living, desiring to be separated to God. Is that not a believer? Desiring to be separated to God. To be even a doorkeeper with God. He doesn't want to be with the wicked. That man of perfect blessedness who walketh not astray in counsel of ungodly men, nor stands in sinners' way, nor sitteth in the scorner's chair. Where does he place his delight? Upon God's law. Is that you? Delighting in that law day and night. God is my king, and I will obey him, and I will be consecrated more to him. That's his desire, the psalmist had. And surely that's the desire that we should long for as we seek to meet with God. And if it's a holy desire, can we also see it's a humble desire the psalmist had? One thing which will keep us from truly meeting with God, and isn't that pride? Because we don't meet with God if pride fills our soul. Because pride has us focused in ourselves, and it robs God of his glory. It robs God of the honor that he is due. And everything he is to be glorified, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, there's a believer, he, he takes seriously that calling to glorify God. And he knows that in the glorifying of God, he shall enjoy God as his God. And he longs for fellowship. Amazed that there can be such. That me, a sinner, can meet with a holy God. What a privilege that I can meet with a holy God, that I can worship a holy God, that I can be at peace with a holy God, that I can taste of his love and of his grace. And you'll notice, he's happy to be a servant. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. 
and to dwell in the tents of wickedness. A doorkeeper on the threshold of God's house. To have any part in the service of the Lord. What a privilege. Remember Isaiah? As he was called to the work of the prophet. The Lord gives him a revelation of himself as the almighty king and lord of hosts. What's the effect? Woe is me, for I am undone. What am I doing here? He is great. He is holy. And I am a, a sinful man, a man of unclean lips, amongst a people of unclean lips. Being in the presence of God humbles us because we come, become aware that all we are is, is sinful. But as he is touched with that coal from off the altar, it brings the assurance of pardon, of healing, of cleansing, of acceptance. And doesn't that humble us all the more? To think that God would be willing to accept me. How I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. You'll notice he has taken up with the one who is Jehovah. This is his God. The God of the covenant. And it's only through Christ that he can have access. Isn't this the wonder of grace? That we can draw near. That we can have access through Jesus Christ. And that he, God, accepts us for his sake. And the more we see what we are, and the more we recognize who he is, the more we will have this delight and desire to have fellowship with him, to be in his presence and rejoice in this privilege of meeting with God. You have such a desire then to meet with God. That's God's people. They will say, a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. Notice secondly, the blessing, the blessedness of fellowship with God. We may say that this is the best of blessings. We all enjoy many things in this world. God is good unto all men. And yet the reality is that the very blessings that people receive in this world will end up being a source of condemnation to them unless they receive them as gifts from God and respond 
in thanksgiving through Christ Jesus. There are many good things that we receive. But surely the best of blessings that we receive is fellowship with God because it brings us to him. And in him, all these other blessings, all these other good things become blessings indeed. Our possessions, they become blessings indeed to us when we see them as gifts from God. And we begin to use them for God, appreciating that he is the giver, our family, our health. How often we take these things for granted. And yet, to God's people, all they receive in this world, they receive them. They receive it not just in providence, but through Christ as blessings that God gives us in the covenant to be used for his glory as well as being for our good. But the greatest blessing, therefore, is to have God as our God. And so you find the apostles, I think of Paul and Silas and Philippi, they're in prison. What are they doing at midnight? While the others are sleeping, they're praising and praying. And to the jailer, they must have seemed a pair of men who were off their head. They're in jail because of their foolish religion, and now they're praising this God who can't protect them. And what, what a sense of contentment and dependence and trust in God as they, they praise him. No doubt they're singing their psalms. And those psalms are full of prayers. And yes, there is cries for help, but there's also devotion and there is, there is joy in God. And well, there are times when you will have been in difficult situations and yet you have peace. Why? Because you have fellowship with God and enjoy peace with God through Jesus Christ. He is the best of blessings. And he describes it in two ways. You notice he says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. Well, you think of God being a sun. You think of how the sun warms the heart on a nice day. You have the sun shining as there was a little of that today. What encouragement amidst the gloominess and wetness of a late October day. It warms, it warms us outwardly, it warms the heart in one level, but well, how much more is God a son to warm the heart? Because when we have fellowship with him, we are brought to love, brought to the God who is the God of love. 
and were amazed. He loved me and gave his son for me. He did not withhold his son. And with him he gives all things for me. What amazing love that God should give his son to die on the cross for sinners like me. How great is God and how worthy of my praise and devotion. And we respond in love to the one who has loved us and given himself for us. And we think of the one who has forgiven us our sin. Because we look at ourselves and we see our sin. And sometimes we get rather depressed. Because we think what a bundle of contradictions we are. How inconsistent we are. And all the resolutions I make to be a more consistent believer and to be more diligent in the things of God and to be a better witness for him. How often those resolutions are made and then broken. But how good to know as we look to God and meet with God. He is one who forgives us for Jesus' sake. And we experience the joy of forgiveness. It warms our heart to know that we have peace with God because His Son has dealt with our sin and we are accepted in the Beloved. God is a Son. You think of how the Son gives strength, that He didn't like that gives the power to the plants that enables them to grow, that um, provides for uh, the other creatures. We might say that in one level there would be no life without the heat and the, the light of, of the sun. Well, there's a believer, the Lord's my light and saving health. He is a son. And as I meet with him, I find that he is a source of all the grace that I need. He will give grace as well as glory to come. He will do me good. He will strengthen me. I find myself strengthened as I draw near to God. Isn't it true that often we rely on ourselves? And then we fall flat on our face because we've been relying on ourselves rather than relying upon the Lord. But as we rely on him, we, we grow in grace and we are strengthened and we become more fruitful in the things of God. You long to be more fruitful? Well, it is as we make use of the means of grace. Aren't we thankful that we've got the word of God? Yes, we've got the Lord's Supper for weak believers to strengthen themselves because they need strength. And it's in fellowship and meeting with the Lord that we find our graces strengthened. God is a son, warming the heart and strengthening the soul and also guiding the soul. You think of how the son shows the way. Well, isn't it? 
the case that the more we are in fellowship with God, the more we find him guiding us. Guiding us in the way in which we should go. His word is that light to our path and the spirit takes the truth and applies it to our heart so that we are led to do the things that we should do and directed away from those things that would be dangerous and would be pitfalls which could lead us into trouble. The Lord is a son. The Lord is a son. There he is guiding us. And the more we're seeking fellowship with him, the more we find him a son in this world. And you notice it's also described as a shield. He's saying here, I find him not only ministering these things which encourage my soul and help me, he is a shield to me. He protects me. He is my shield and exceeding great reward. I feel so helpless. Wasn't that you, dear believer? Often you feel exposed in your own weakness. But what do you see? Under the shadow of the Almighty, in the presence of the Lord, having fellowship with him, the more he is in our thoughts, the more we have set our affections on the things which are above, the more we are enjoying his presence, the more we are kept in the right way. We know, we know, the more we know his upholding and keeping. And we realize that, well, if God is for us, who can be against us? What a fellowship, what a privilege then we have of fellowship with God. Let us prize this privilege more and more. Let us not just be content with going through the, the motions of those things that we do, which are the right things to do. But rather, let us seek a greater relish for fellowship with the Lord. And we will find that we know the blessing and the blessedness of fellowship with him. But I seek to see, a day in my courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in tents of wickedness. Let us pray.